0: Okay. God, in this space, we're thankful for the representation of what you call us to do. God, we are all included in the circle of your love, and we pray and we hope and we work towards expanding that circle day by day, expanding our knowledge, expanding our experience of all that is of divine love. And so, God, in this space, we open our hearts and our minds. We open it all, God. In Jesus' name, Amen. Draw the circle wide. People of God, that's what God does, and that's what we're supposed to do. It's what Jesus did in the first century. You may not have known, but in John's gospel, it's the last gospel to be written in the scriptures. It's the time for the Passover festival in Jerusalem. Now, we all know Passover. It's the whole time, holy time, excuse me, that was set aside to remember how God delivered the Israelites from oppression. When you're delivered from oppression, that is something to celebrate. And so every year, people would come together and they would celebrate, but it was much more than just a celebration. It was one of the biggest religious festivals in all of Jerusalem. And people from all walks of life would come to the city. And the story tells us that some Greeks, we're not given any names or any other descriptors, just some Greeks. They come and they see the disciples. They see the entourage that Jesus has. And they've heard about things that Jesus has been doing. This person, this Galilean peasant who has been spreading love everywhere he goes. And they've also heard how the religious authorities, who were supposed to be ambassadors of divine love, instead they despise Jesus and try to get him arrested. And the church father, St. Augustine, goes further and says, see how the religious leaders wish to kill Jesus and the Gentiles wish to see him. And these Gentiles and these Greeks, they've heard about the way that Jesus moves people to experience miracles, as we call them. They've heard the way he welcomes the stranger and the poor and the outcast. They've heard and they want to get closer to the one who has been bringing good news throughout Galilee. And so they ask and they tell the disciples, we want to see Jesus. There are points in our lives... Whether you are Christian or not, well, we will want to see Jesus. Maybe we're the Greeks in the story. You see, maybe that's why they don't have a name. Because it's your name that's supposed to be in there. Because it's my name that's supposed to be in there. The Greeks, you and me, all of us who have tried church and religion in the past, only to experience it in such rigid and exclusive form. Something that was so unhealthy I can't tell you how many church conventions I attended in my fundamentalist days. I would sit in worship, just watching everyone praise and worship Jesus. And then as soon as they leave the church, they would never follow Jesus. And the whole time, I just wanted to see Jesus right in front of me. We all want to see Jesus, but sometimes it's hard to see. I'm sure you've heard of the great controversy that happened a few weeks ago. Can you believe that some people, some folks, because of this controversy, got into heated arguments, friendships ended, people lost their tempers, families were torn apart, all because one person asked, what color is the dress? (laughs) Is the dress black and blue, or is it white and gold? And can you believe that some people were even blocked on Facebook? It's the end of days. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming back soon. I was asked what I thought. And after I answered, I was looked upon with disgust and disdain, condemned for my answer. And the person who asked me had the nerve to look at me up and down and roll his eyes. Because I thought the dress was black and blue. And I thought, look here, don't judge me for a dress that I have not tried on yet, all right? (laughs) Uh, Let me wear it one time before you condemn me. That's all I ask. And he tried to argue with me, but I had to stop. There was no sense in calling the popos and going to jail over a dress. But people of God, it was fascinating to witness our society, which claims to never see color. All of a sudden, you've got team black and blue and team white and gold. And when people found out that the dress is actually black and blue, like I told you so, (laughs) they could not believe it. Some said, no, I see it as white and gold. I see it with my own eyes. I know what it's supposed to be. There is no way it could be black and blue. It's funny. We see color, black and blue. Some of us see the scriptures the same way. We look at certain passages, and we have those old interpretations, and we say, I see it right here. This is what it is. Meanwhile, Different eyes see different things. It is fascinating, people of God, how we humans can be so sure about what we see with our own eyes and yet still be wrong. Scientists responded to the controversy by affirming the ambiguity that occurs in all of our eyes when we see. We all interpret our surroundings differently, and color is no exception. Dr. Arthur Shapiro said, Color is our perception. It is our interpretation of light in the world. Color is our perception, our interpretation of the light that's in the world. People, have got, it depends on how we interpret the light in the world. You see, it's true of color and it's true of our spirituality. Like the Greeks, people want to see Jesus and what they will see What we will see will largely depend on how we interpret God's light. What's the truth? The real truth, Reverend Michael. What religion is right? Whose interpretation is correct? Whose experience is the definitive experience? And the spiritual truth is, people of God, it depends on how you see light in the world. Some of us see the light of God's love. And we've heard that it's abundant and it's never-ending. And we love it. And we even say we believe it. And then things like Lent happens. We're trying to give up fear, but somehow fear just won't give us up. People are assaulted and brutalized and killed in our own city in Montrose. And we get scared. And in the back of my mind, there are some people wondering, just wondering, maybe, 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 maybe. Maybe this is God punishing us. We lose our job and we can't pay our bills. And we wonder just maybe, 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 maybe I am living some sinful lifestyle. We lose a relationship whose ending came out of left field. The partner is gone. The whole world is crashing around us. And we're wondering, 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 maybe God, maybe God is doing this on purpose. Punishing us. not living a traditional lifestyle we've all played the tapes and we play the fears we hear them but it's what we do with them and are we going to live in fear Are we going to live in god's love are you going to see a god of fear or a god of love if you want to see jesus people of god listen to what jesus says If you love your life, you'll lose it. And if you despise your life in this world, you'll keep it for eternal life. I'll say it a different way. If you love your life of fear, if you love your addiction to a God who hates you, if you love your life of fear, you will lose your life. But if you despise the life of fear in this world, you will have life eternal. If you want to see Jesus, if you want to move from fear into a place of love, you do have to allow death to happen in your life. Death to thoughts and circumstances that only serve to persecute you and not help you in the least bit. Death to the belief that you are not good enough. Death to theologies that do not facilitate God's love in our life. God has not given us, the scriptures say, a spirit of fear but of power and love and sound mind. I hear my Pentecostal over here. Thank you for getting my back, sister. Release it. Release fear and everything else that keeps you from following Jesus, and then you will actually see Jesus. Now, we make mistakes, do we not? I make mistakes. We all make mistakes. But our mistakes, amen was a little strong there, sister. Take it easy. Take it easy. We all make mistakes, but our mistakes and the sins of this world do not keep us from God's love. God does not want to punish you. God has no need to punish any of us. We do enough of that to ourselves every day of our lives. It is time that we let go of a false God that keeps us in fear, and it's time we actually follow the God we say we believe in. God is not fear. Even after God is not fear, even the church father, Origen, he said, God will in truth be all in all when there shall be no evil in existence. It's time for evil to be gone. God is love, and God's love is abundant. That's the nature of God. This is theology here. If God is love, that's who God is. And so when you do good, God loves. When you mess up, God loves. When you mess up over and over and over again, God loves And maybe it's time we begin to do the same in our own lives. If we're going to love as God loves, there are parts of us that must come to an end before we can move into a season of abundant love. Resurrection is coming. We have to get prepared. That's what Lent is about. The life of fear must go away. And so the feelings that we must enact vengeance on people who have harmed us People of God, we don't fight evil with evil. We don't fight violence with more violence. God loves, we love. God loves and we love. God loves and we love. Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, unless the grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And so if we're going to let fear die, maybe we should allow the big and bad, the scary God to die also. I don't follow God to save my own hide from the flames of hell. That would be selfish. I don't follow Jesus so I can make it into heavenly bliss someday. That would be selfish. My motivation is not fear. My motivation is love. The writer of 1 John says, perfect love casts out all fear. I serve and follow the Christ because of love. And I follow Jesus because of light. I follow Jesus because I wanted to see Jesus. And I'll tell you, I have seen Jesus. When people who are constantly bombarded with hate messages from the community, from churches, from their own family... And they choose to ignore that and go out on their own and say, God loves me anyway, no matter where I am. That's where I've seen Jesus. When people continually no matter what their life is is experiencing, no matter what their circumstances are, no matter how many times they have been beat down on the ground, they continue to rise and say, God is not done with me yet. There is still much more fruit to bear in this world. I see Jesus. When you spread hope and love and you begin to believe in yourself as God believes in you, I see Jesus. Since 1968... MCC has been seeing Jesus and embodying Jesus. We've been broadening and drawing the circle wide. And then when our churches were burned down because of ignorance and hatred of same-gender loving people. Did you know that 18 of our churches in our history had been burned down because of hate? When our churches were burned down, in the few years after we started our church, we thought to ourselves... You know, maybe this is God doing it to us. Maybe God is punishing us. For some reason, we thought it, and we thought we were all alone. And when the church burned down, in Los Angeles, California, we had service on the streets. And people came. Church members, but much more. Non-religious folks. Jews. People who didn't give a flying flip about religion. But they came because they know about God's love and God's lights. And we saw then, we were not alone. We saw Jesus. When our church members and our pastors were murdered in the upstairs lounge fire in New Orleans in 1973, still today, the largest mass murder of LGBT people in this country, we thought, we're all alone. No one is going to stand with us. Some of the burn victims, the deceased, Some of their families would not even claim their bodies. Even in death, we were alone. And then we looked for a place for a service. We looked and we looked, and finally, when people told us there was no space for people like you, not even to bury your dead. Finally, there was a lone Episcopal minister. There was a small Unitarian church. There was a Methodist church that came forward. And we saw that we are not alone in this world. Jesus is with us. When the AIDS epidemic hit, we lost 6,000 of our church members. Get that through your mind. 6,000 of our church members. Some MCCs were wiped out. Do you know what that does to people? Do you know how the feelings of that? Many of us have loved ones who we've lost to HIV and complications related to AIDS. Many of them thought, where is God? We are in this all alone. And then they came together with people in the community. And they started an AIDS prayer vigil. What would eventually become known as World AIDS Day today. And once you know a plethora, excuse me, of people... And clergy came out from different Christian denominations and different religious traditions. All to show we are in solidarity with you. And as you cry, God cries also. You are not alone in those days, people of God. We saw Jesus. Our movement did not let any fear hold us back. Though we could have. If we did, it would have been well worth it, I tell you. But we didn't. We still kept fighting on, and the movement continues today, and thank God you are a part of it. All of you who spread the fullness of God's inclusive love, you are the torchbearers. Let the fear die, no matter what you encounter, and allow abundant love to come in. People of God, I hope you will see, you will realize, and take heart this Lent. When we say let go of fear, we really mean it. Instead of letting our fears haunt us, let's awaken love in our lives. Change our perceptions of what's going on and see not what hinders us, but what enables us in the community of God. Don't be afraid of good news. Don't be afraid of the gospel. Don't be afraid of good news in your life. As Marion Williams says, let's expect miracles on a daily basis. In every circumstance, no matter how bad, no matter how difficult, choose love, not fear. And watch the miracles come your way. No matter how painful it is, I ask you, see light. Be light. No matter how many obstacles there are, look for the miracles and the opportunities. They're in this room and they follow you wherever you go. People of God... People want to see hope. People want to see a blessing. People want to see Jesus. Let's show them. Amen.